me to quote unquote act black. What 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 is that? I don't. I just I just know me. Yeah. I woke up black. So as far as I'm concerned, that's what blackness is, right? Me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I can say that now because time and wisdom. When you're 15 and 16, all you want to do is fit in. You don't want to stand out. So say that again. That's it's true, right? So the uncomfortable uncomfortable frustration of wanting to conform but being very poor at doing it so yeah. you can't do that and you also want to confirm conform to what your parents want you to be and you're bucking against that and ultimately what you don't recognize is what's happening is you're finding yourself in the middle you really are you're finding yourself in the middle and that is a difficult phase for some teenagers it was for me it okay. was for me I'm yeah. thankful for that young lady though. I'm thankful for her mm -hmm. because what she what she ended up doing, even though she did not know what that term was, was she decided to just lean into her authenticity, right? Hello and welcome to the Music and Nostalgia podcast. It is your guy. Dapo Peters, and I am super honored to be here with you with a good friend, a podcast sister, a superstar, really. Um, and she has an incredible show. Uh, I'm so excited to finally get her on the show. Gia Jordan, all the way from the DMV, here with you live on our show. Welcome, Gia. So glad to have you on. So, so happy to be on. Thank you so much for inviting me, Dapo. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. For those who do not know, I have been nagging Dapo. I'm like, bro, what? When? When can I hop on? Because I am obsessed with this podcast. I love this podcast. It's so amazing. Listen, sidebar: the first, um, first person period to promo my podcast when I dropped my first episode. I dropped the episode, and I see a notification in my in my uh, Instagram that says. Uh, you're mentioned in somebody's stories and I was like <laughs> nobody mentions me and I look I look open it up it's Gia Jordan I'm like what so her your Instagram is um what's is it the Kaizen, Kaizen Mind yeah no 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 the Kaizen Mind podcast the Kaizen Mind podcast my bad that's mm -hmm. no, okay um, and so, so I saw that pop up I was like I only know one person with that and has a flag attached to it right so let's let's start there right you oh he's going oh oh yeah I'm, I'm 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 you know okay. i love i love the the aspect of cultural exposure right mm -hmm. and for me i've never been to the area but your family is it both your parents that are from pa panama yes 100 i am 100 panamanian mm -hmm. and and that's fantastic because one it's just the infusion of cultures that your family obviously has. And then you grew up in the DMV, correct? Yes. So what uh, kind of cultural intersection was there for your family? Because obviously, oh. if it for me, one of the things, and I, I can guarantee this is you as well, but rice is something that's a staple in our in our meal plan, right? Listen. Uh, what are some cultural what? intersections for you? <laughs> Don't get me started on rice. Like, don't. 
that's a whole nother podcast oh but yes yeah. yes <clears throat> excuse me but yes um yeah i am panamanian my family is amazing and yeah the cool thing the amazing thing about panamanian culture and also being born raised here in the dmv and let me specify for those who do not know the dmv i'm not talking about the department of motor vehicles i'm talking about dc maryland and virginia i am based in northern virginia and this beautiful hub here we officially coined as the dmv that's important to specify because if not people are like what so she lived <laughs> in the car spot <laughs> um, and what a lot of people do not know about panama is how incredibly diverse Panama is. Yeah. It is deeply diverse. So <clears throat> pardon me, Dapo. So yes, it's deeply diverse. So there is a beautiful melting pot in Panama as well. Now the reason for that that diversity is because of commerce, right? Mm -hmm. During the build of the Panama Canal, that offered jobs and opportunities. So people came right. from all around the world to come and relocate for work. And so a portion of my family, that is their lineage. So a portion of my family is Barbadian. And then a portion of my family are native and have ties to the indigenous people of Panama, the Guna. Um, but the cool thing about Panama is that if you were to hop into Panama City right now, you would see beautiful chocolate people like myself, black mm -hmm. people. You would see Jewish people. You would see Indian people. You would see Chinese people, um, the indigenous people there. It is such an amazing place that a lot of people don't know that much about. So naturally, all of that cultural fusion embedded in the music, right? Mm, yeah. And so music and food, but we're talking about music today. Right, right. <laughs> but <Let's>... The music <laughs> is amazing. One random fact that a lot of people don't know, and it's a source of contention, Mm -hmm. within the, the Latin music industry, which is, are you familiar with the genre uh, reggaeton? Yes, I am. Uh, okay. Well, a lot of people will claim that reggaeton comes from Puerto Rico, but it doesn't. It comes mm. from Panama. It comes from Panama. It comes, because the reason oh, why- Hold on, hold on. Y'all caught that, right? Yeah, she what? was like, comes from Panama. Like that, that intonation right there, she let us know, right? That's how we say it. I'm letting you know what's Don't happening. Don't get it wrong. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so so the origins are from Panama. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead, go ahead. No, the reason behind it is, um, like I told you before, Panama, especially Panama City, is a melting pot. So the vast majority of uh, Black Panamanians there have Caribbean roots. And a lot of them either came from Barbados, like my family, or from Jamaica. So culture you don't leave culture behind you take your culture with you Absolutely. so you had this beautiful culture of jamaicans relocating to panama keeping their music and naturally in a spanish-speaking country a natural hybrid takes place and reggaeton was born yeah. you can even google it the first reggaeton artist was a gentleman by the name of el general which means the general um yeah you can google that for another day but yeah, yeah. yeah it's a very popular song mm -hmm. <laughs> so um now, was reggaeton something that growing up you uh, were into? No? No, salsa. Salsa? Salsa and calypso. Oh, very lovely. Salsa and calypso. Um, and how did you get, how did you get those uh, genres intertwined into your 
your life. I mean, obviously there's the, there's the Latino Latinx ex experience there, but mm -hmm. again, it's a, a choice thing, uh, by, you know, was it something that your parents did to really infuse that or how did that come about? It's okay. Let me ask you this. I, I <laughs> forgive me, Dapo. I have a habit of asking questions with questions on, on, when you on close, my podcast. I know. How dare I? <laughs> That's why you, you that's why you have an incredible show though. So yeah, come on. When you close your eyes and you think about the sounds that you heard growing up as a kid, the sounds and music playing, what was it? Oh man. It's a it's a mix. Mm -hmm. It's a healthy mix. Like I I like I can think of, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm on your show now. Um, I can think of Saturday mornings cleaning up yep. and hearing a variety of songs that once they started playing at six, I knew my role, uh, my duty to clean the baseboards. I knew my, my, my job to sweep up and make up my, my bedroom and all of those things kicked in. So yeah, yeah. Look, exactly. welcome to the uh, Kaizen Music <laughs> podcast show, you know? Stop it. Stop. I'm trying to behave myself. I could never behave myself when I'm around Dapo. Anyway. That's because you're just so much fun. You're so down to earth. You too, Dapo. You too. <laughs> but you answered my question for me. Yeah. So this, I had the exact same answer for you, which was it was a mix. The, the blessing that I have is that diversity was embedded in not was, it is divided in my, in my culture. Yeah. Right. And I mean that in all seriousness, because a lot of people don't understand depending on where their, you know, their point of reference is even my family. Like I am the most chocolatiest side of my family members, but I also have family members that look like JLo. Right. So <laughs> we are a rainbow nation. Right? right. And so that influence also slides into music. So going back to those two genres that are mainly, when I think of the soundtrack of my childhood, I think of what I heard. And that was Salia Cruz, Ismael Rivera, Willy Colon, Hector Lavoe, but also Calypso, right? Um, the Mighty Sparrow. He is, I don't, you know, you know, he passed okay. away not too long ago. He is a very famous Calypso singer. Yeah. The Mighty Sparrow, right? Bob Marley, right? And then on top of that, Motown, right? Because Motown was the pop music of my parents when they were young. Facts. Okay, so I'm listening to I Sam Cooke. I'm listening to Diana Ross. Yeah. I'm hearing Stevie Wonder songs of the key of life. And when I tell you my parents, like they are music lovers, I wish I could show you their vinyl collection is unmatched. Oh, like, man unmatched oh, and i'm already like okay bet when you pass those are mine those are mine I'm, but I'm yeah like, that is can i get some of them on loan <laughs> <laughs> but that that is the sight and sound and soundtrack of my childhood yeah. now the cool thing with that is that because i never grew up in a home that only listened to one type of music yeah they loved music period right that influenced how i appreciate music 
Because the interesting thing is people always ask, well, what type of music do you listen to? That is always a loaded question for me because I have very eclectic taste. Right. I mean, I can go from, you know, regular R&B to like, literally yesterday I was rocking out to Bhangra music, like, you know, Punjabi music. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So, yeah. <laughs> so who, who would you say you're um, in your family? Who mm-hmm. would you say, and and j- just to frame it, you, uh, you, it's both your parents, mm-hmm. you, and my sister, and your sister, yeah, um, older sister, out. correct? Correct. Okay. Um, who would you say had the most influence in your musical taste in your teenage years? Ooh, that's a hard one. Hmm. Who? That and because while you marinate on it, the reason I asked that is because uh, our teenage years is when we tend to want to revolt a bit from what we were sometimes thinking we were caged in to listen to. Mm-hmm. And then we, we we go far left thinking, hey, here's a different sound, something that speaks more to my, my experience. Uh, but funny enough, we end up falling back in love with some of those things in that previous generation of our lives. But teenage year always seems very interesting. For me, I know there was, there was a very angry phase of my life in my teenage years that when I listened to the music that I listened to then, I'm like, oh my gosh, what was wrong with me, right? Or wow. what was I going through? But um, and it was my late, latter teen years, but still, uh, when I listened to the songs, I'm like, yeah, there was something going on wow. there. So wow. I'm, I'm curious about, and I don't have any older siblings. So it always has me thinking like, so who was influencing me with the musical selections? You know? I would assume, man, D, all of the above. I'm dead serious. When I, I can't pick just one person. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Naturally having an older sibling uh, and being the classic baby sister, whatever my older sister did or listened to, I followed. Right. right? Um, but in my teenage years, thinking of the soundtracks that compose my teenage phase, I think it would be, of course, Brandy, because I wanted to be her, right? <laughs> but also, um, Lincoln Park. Like, Link- oh, Lincoln Park was hot in that era. What? And once again, it wasn't that, it was the perfect, it was excellent musicianship because it was their lyrical strength. And it was a way of giving kids an outlet to express sadness, mm-hmm. frustration, and feeling misunderstood. And that, especially the latter part of feeling misunderstood is something that really resonated with me at that time. Yeah. Being a teenager was rough because I really didn't fit in for multiple reasons. And what kind of reasons? Well, one was, oh, we're really going there. Okay. Um, in school, I was in a a decently diverse school but the ironic part is i was never black enough ever mm. ever right what do you mean by that meaning that uh i never fit in when any of the other with the majority of the the cool black kids in school mm. i was your ap well in our community 
like advanced placement is called IB. So like I was your IB uh, English nerd, orchestra nerd, heavy on the nerd now. I rocked my nerd as well. (laughs) With pride. With pride, right? (laughs) But here is where music plays a part. I, music and media, because of my culture, being in the suburban area of Virginia at that time, especially in the in the 90s, this is pre-social media, right? So the only media you had was television and radio. Yeah. So that creates a very small definition of what Blackness is. Right. Yeah. So you could either be BET Black yeah. or you could be Cosby Show Black. But that's all the blackness that's around or available. So which one are you? So here are the two boxes that you are. Where do you fit, Gia? Yeah. And and none of them. And and none. I'm Panamanian. Like where where's right. that box? That doesn't that doesn't exist. Like there's there's no check where. Yeah. Can, it doesn't can exist. I can I can I check multiple? Because you know, I'm a hybrid. Yeah. How about I'm a human? Yeah. All humans are hybrids. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I feel you on that. I was, um, I was I, in the same boat um, in, in so many ways. And that's why I was curious about the uh, feeling misunderstood. I was that kid that, you know, I came to the States as a teenager, mm. right? And so I was separated from my family. You know, my, my parents were still in Nigeria. I'm here uh, with my uncle. So now it's like this huge disconnect a 40 plus year old man who had never had kids all of a sudden trying to manage a life with a kid, you know, so uh-huh. I was disconnected. So when you said, you know, sadness and feeling misunderstood, I was like, are you me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I understood exactly what you're saying without needing, yeah. but I know that somebody else needs to hear that to, to know that they weren't alone. Cause here we are, I, here I am in my, well, I'm saying in my forties, like I'm down the road 40, but I'm mm-hmm. still looking back in certain things and thinking, hmm, these are things that I wish I knew how to express back then yeah. that I'm still now figuring out because it's nuances to how we experience the world. Um, yeah. Let me ask you about Lincoln Park because I, yeah. I enjoyed Lincoln Park. I, I I don't know their catalog, but is there any song that that was your um, that was your go to? Something that you just held on to and said, oh man, this is one that I really really enjoy. There is one. Let me see if I can pull it up. I won't play it. Um, oh, Somewhere Where I Belong. That on repeat, yeah. that song. Somewhere Where I Belong. Talking about feeling misunderstood and never fitting in. Yeah. That by Linkin Park. I still listen to Linkin Park, as you can see. I love Linkin Park. Because there's a couple of songs from there's not theirs, and I can't think of what it is. But I remember in my college years, it was uh, it was several bands, but one that stood out even to this day that out of nowhere I just sing their songs like I just like no music or anything, and I throw my arms out and without a question with arms wide open I love yeah. Creed right Yeah, uh, that's a good group. Yeah, and so you know so when you talked about them they they spoke to they you know music oh my gosh you said it in such a beautiful way. Uh, a second ago that music it's the soundtrack of our lives um and that's kind of the underlying theme with this podcast because whatever yeah. with this show let's be real right with this show 
uh, is that music does play uh, on the under, you know, it's like, it's a layer to where we, to where we are at whatever phase. So that song uh, by Linkin Park, what about it kind of uh, speaks to you or spoke to you then you in know, the 90s? Uh, well, Somewhere I Belong, that song, there's a lot of, he says, I'm tired of being what you want me to be. Mm. Uh, feeling so faithless. Uh, what is it? Something with purpose. And that line, I'm tired of being what you want me to be. That requires another podcast episode. Mm. Because it was at that time in my life, trying to figure out, well, in order to be liked and accepted, they want me to act like this, right? They want me to quote unquote act black. What 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 is that? I don't. I just I just know me. Yeah. I woke up black, so as far as I'm concerned, that's what blackness is, right? Me, mm -hmm. right? Um, but I can say that now because time and wisdom. When you're 15 and 16, all you want to do is fit in. You don't want to stand out. So. Say that again. That's that's true, right? So the uncomfortable uncomfortable frustration of wanting to conform but being very poor at doing it so yeah. you can't do that and you also want to confirm conform to what your parents want you to be and you're bucking against that and ultimately what you don't recognize is what's happening is you're finding yourself in the middle you really are you're finding yourself in the middle and that is a difficult phase for some teenagers it was for me it was yeah. for me I'm yeah. thankful for that young lady though. I'm thankful for her mm -hmm. because what she what she ended up doing, even though she did not know what that term was, was she decided to just lean into her authenticity, right? And go where she was celebrated mm -hmm. and not tolerated. And so that led her to the beautiful nerdy community. We're still friends now. Yeah. Nerd squad. yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah. You know, uh, before we started recording and I, I wanted to jump to a different question, but I feel um, I feel this might be a good question to ask. Okay. Uh, you mentioned before we started recording, we had for those listening, we had such a great conversation before I finally hit record. Thank God for Gia because she was like, dude, just hit record. You, we can clip out whatever is unnecessary, but you've already said some good things uh, here. And she had dropped gems. And I was like, oh, my gosh, who's push, whose show is this? I mean, it feels like this is yours and I'm the guest here. You're just so good. But before we started recording, you mentioned for you, music is healing. Yeah. Yeah. And um before I ask the question, I want to go to a couple of lyrics from the song uh, Somewhere I Belong by Linkin uh, Park, right? I was about to say, <laughs> say another band I was thinking of. Um, and it's it goes, I want to heal. I want to feel what I thought was never real. I want to let go of the pain I've mm -hmm. felt for so long. Erase mm -hmm. all the pain till it's gone. I want to heal. I want to, I want to feel like I'm close to something real. I just think even before we knew that 
this song was going to come up because this this is a live conversation as we're speaking uh you guys are catching it on record but we're authentically going this conversation with no prep and we wanted to do that so that we didn't feel like we were filtering the ideas that we were having uh and that's the beautiful thing here because uh we spoke about healing and here in the song a prominent verse right there is talking about healing what have you felt like the journey of healing has been for you in music like of course you know we hear about people in heartbreak situations and they go to music and ice cream because you know you can you know you can scream away your your, your tears in the song and, and then dip into my cream. but what has healing for you in music looked like and felt like music is the well mm, i love i love i love the arts in general right i love the arts um but when it comes to this aspect of the arts music it has a inexplicable power of putting sound to emotion and that is nothing short of miraculous yeah because in many ways as humans we're constantly seeking to feel understood mm. and when you don't feel understood you feel disconnected from from community right and from people and that's never a good thing because humans are wired to commune and to connect so yeah. if you feel misunderstood, you feel off, and then naturally you feel lonely. Music has a way of, of giving sound to emotions that is needed because at that time, there may not be words for it. Yeah. There may not be words for it. And then sometimes there are words, but you couldn't find a way of pointing it just right. But then someone comes along with that song and they give you not only the sound, which is powerful, but they pair that sound with words. So words and sound together, it has a way that no other vehicle can mm -hmm. of making you feel understood and heard because that's the other aspect of it that's powerful and healing when we are experiencing sadness, trauma, or any intense emotion, we naturally think that it's just us feeling this way. Mm -hmm. And once again, that goes into that roller coaster ride of loneliness and sadness and depression. So when you hear a musical artist share a song, expressing a similar experience, or even their experience might be slightly different, the same emotion, not only do you finally have the tools and the sound to your emotions, you feel understood by somebody. Yeah. And when that happens, that honestly, going into the music industry is how an artist, how a fan, you can endear yourself. An artist can endear themselves to their fans through music is because of that one aspect of feeling understood. Yeah. There is going back to your amazing podcast episode that you released earlier this year um, to help those struggling with suicide, there is an artist 
And get this, this is the real power of music, okay? Um, are you familiar with an artist by the name of Strome? No, not, Strome. not by name. So, okay, okay, and that's okay. I, I'm not, not, because he is a, he's a Belgian artist, right? Okay. So all of his music is in French. But random fact, but he did some collaborations with Kanye. You probably heard one of his songs. It was a really popular TikTok song. It's amazing how music is shared so quickly now via Indeed. TikTok, <laughs> right? But uh, he has a new song out and I'm not gonna butcher the name of the song, but the song is about suicide. Hmm. And once again, for the record, I am not fluent in French at all. I love the language. I'm slowly learning it myself. But you feel his pain, even if you don't understand the words that he's talking about, mm -hmm. because of the sound and the musical composition of it. Yeah. That's the power of composition. Mm -hmm. But I know that was, I just want to give you an in-depth answer of why music is healing is because it is a tool that has been gifted to us to help us understand and express ourselves in ways that words can't. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, now, here's here's a question I have for you. Mm -hmm. um, I love I love stories. I love personal experiences, and so I, I have to ask a question about an experience you had. Are there any? experiences where you you felt a song like if it's <clears throat> excuse me if it's the uh, song by Lincoln Park um, where you could tell that narrative of how that song intertwined into you making it through a challenge because um, when we talk about I, I have several songs I could talk about just healing through the process or growing through a process. I, I know for me, when I came to the States um, as a teenager and living with my uncle, I had to find, you know, several escapes, right? Because one, I was confined. I didn't have the opportunity to just explore the world. I didn't even have a chance to connect with my family that were a state over mm. while I was living with him. So I was so disconnected and the only way I could really connect to the world was by um, by exploring the music that was presented to me, which was interesting because at the time I couldn't even understand the lingo, right? Um, mm. Not like I couldn't understand it, but the way it was phrased, you know, how things were used. Uh, yeah. The term shouty for me was an insult. It's like, I'm look, I'm four seven, but that I'm not that short, but understanding that there was a deeper meaning to yeah. like partner, you know, and stuff like that. So, Oh, you talking real Georgia slang. Yeah, yeah, listen. I don't even listen. know. I don't even know what that means. What is what does that mean? Pot what? Partner. Partner. A part a partner. partner. I might be okay. I might be butchering it actually. It's okay. I'm from the North. I might, <laughs> I might be I wouldn't know the <laughs> The Georgia folks right now are like, bruh. <laughs> yeah, bruh. No, you deep. You, know, you deep. What? No, you know. it's it's actually so one of my one of my friends, he always says this. And I just called him my friend. I was just I'm like, we're not friends. Um, but he be like, what up, ho? And for the longest time, I didn't know what that meant. I was like, what up, ho? But I understood he was saying folk, right? Like, oh, right. so it was, but all of those things were things I wasn't 
privy to. So when I would hear it in, and just in passing with the kids, I was, I, my peers, I'd be like, yo, like, what are they talking about? Yeah. Um, so I was always in that state where I felt alone. So when you're talking about the loneliness and you feel like that spiral. So I, I, so I, I was right there with you. I was like, oh my gosh, I can think about that time where, um, oh man, I'm about to tell a quick story about myself, right? Please. In the, it was ninth or 10th grade. Um, I had, you know, I'd been, I'd been mowing lawns for like a couple of people, a couple of my, my uncle's friends. And so I'd gotten enough money to go buy some sneakers because I hadn't had any. And I was like, oh, I see these Reeboks. I'm about to be fine. Right. That was my that was my that was my whole mission. Like, I just didn't want to be teased anymore by the kids. So when I got enough money together, I asked my uncle, like, yo, can we go to the mall? I want to buy a pair of shoes. And he's like, oh, I got you. I'll take you. And he takes me and we are driving forever, it seems. And we get to an open field it's just an open park parking lot and there were people with different stations along the way and he was like this is where you're gonna buy shoes and i was like no 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 i wanted to go to i i the shoes cost 49 dollars and 95 cents with tax that's like 54 dollars. i already planned it out i have 60 dollars. i had this whole vision and he's like nah you're about to go get these arkansas razorback sneakers they were just i don't even know what they were they were Arkansas Razorbacks. That's that's all that I remember. They were red and white, and I had to I had to buy them, and I had to wear them. I had to wear them because that's the only option I had. And I was so uh, I was so in pain. I was like, it was my money. So I get to school wearing them, and again, this was my first time going to an all black school, which mm. I hadn't mentioned before. An all black school. That's rough, bro. Uh, <laughs> and the moment I walked through the doors, the spirit of the Joan, as they call it, was upon me. And I was roasted by every oh. single person. Even the ones that used to get it the most started roasting. They're like, whoo, finally, we got somebody <laughs> to take the pressure off of us. And I mean, I got roasted so heavy. I, I remember sitting in one class and it was just like the teacher was like, all right, okay, you guys finish up this assignment and you have a little time. And that was the quickest everybody finished up the work. And it was like, what do we do next? And I got all of it and built character because that's the only options I had at that time. <laughs> But I remember I used to listen to like the variety of music. And at this point I was listening to, oh my gosh, uh, uh, Marvin Gaye and uh, Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Yeah, Ooh. I can't I can't think of Terry Terrell. Mm -hmm. And for some reason that was my saving grace. I was listening to that song so much during that period because my uncle was, he was, you know, into the, to that era of, of Motown. And so that was some of my saving grace that I would just be like, I guess this is part of the mountain I can't get over yet, but I'm gonna get there, right? So that, for me, that was one of my my healing process, right, in, mm -hmm. in that era of my life. But I remember it so heavy that I remember one of my really good friends now was actually one of the ones that clowned me so heavy 
wearing those <laughs> shoes. I eventually got a pair of Reeboks, you know, like a few months later, because I, I saved up some more money. I went to get a pair of Reeboks and I never wore the Arkansas Razorback shoes ever again. Um, if you were to see them now, they'd probably still be in pristine condition. Uh, no hate to the Arkansas Razorback. I know they're they're a good university. One of my college friends went there for law school. But yeah, that was my experience with that. But you know, it seems you know it seems trivial as, as a story. But you know, at that age, you know, 14, 15, 16, you really do want to fit in. Yes, like you said, and whoo, it's tough when you're trying to find your way in. Yeah. Um, into the community and one one failed step and they it lives with you for years or in your mind for generations right yeah um, but yeah that for me that's one of my experiences and I know that was a really stretched out experience and I got carried away because I was like oh wait we're not talking no, about that was me great. here but I wanted I wanted you to share something because I know if if you if you're like me you had some of those intersecting experiences as well mm-hmm um now i'm like well, what was the question <laughs> that was such a good story I'm wrapped up in this i know i was like i i went i went way longer than i thought i but you know what is some uh, some, no, some what's an experience what's one experience you had um because you were in the orchestra you mm-hmm. were um uh ib or ap yeah uh rated student through high school mm-hmm. um so that means you were in the the nerd squad heavy totally man yeah. <laughs> heavy heavy academic nerd squad i wear that 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 lapel with pride though i oh, do yeah. Oh, yeah, of course <laughs> i do so I, I know you must have had some of that experience where it's like yeah the uh the ones not in that well I, the ones not in that circle would would uh take jabs at uh your existence and your proficiency in the world well here's the thing though um the beauty in basically plucking yourself out of a community where you don't feel welcomed and placing yourself in a community of those where you are welcomed is that you are now, how can I say, not excluded, but you're away from those kids. I really was because all of my classes were with the same kids in the same, I don't, I hate that sounds so, uh, elitist but with other academically advanced kids so all of my classes were with them so I really didn't have to deal with mean people anymore yeah but um I will say though I do remember your question you were asking me about if there's any song that has aided me in a personal experience and fast forwarding into the other work that I do now, I work in pediatric medicine, right? Mm. And I love it. I love it. I love it. It is the most rewarding work, period. It is. There is nothing like seeing a child fight to live. Mm. It has given me so much perspective on strength on perseverance, on faith. And it's also heart-wrenching when a child is lost. And I remember a couple of years ago, um, the facility that I work at, the environment that I work at is within an ICU. And it was a period of time, it was hard, that boat, it was hard. We had some beautiful children 
that um that fought a fine and glorious fight to the end but um are no longer here with us and it felt like it was back after back after back and see here's the aspect of it that is unique is that these children are with us for months so their family becomes our family we we see them there's ups there's downs um in one case one one child uh their their yes i can say that their cancer went into remission they went home um and then they came back and uh since passed away but i remember it was it was rough that both it was probably two or three years ago and it felt like it was in a span of maybe three months we had lost almost like seven kids right and it is seven these are relationships these are families that we've been in this together for a year if not longer right so that was the first time having a pain i'm a crybaby by nature right so hallmark commercials what i could cry easily but it was a pain so intense and that's what made it difference. It was a sadness, but it was a sadness paired with a pain. And I did not have the words to express why I was in pain over the loss of these children, right? Yeah. And the pain and the emotion was so deep and it sat with me for so long. I couldn't cry. I couldn't cry. And that's not me, Dapple. That's not me. I couldn't cry. And I couldn't figure out for the longest why I couldn't cry. And I knew that I needed to cry because I needed to release. And I remember driving home from work one day and I am a huge Coldplay fan, right? I love Coldplay. And I remember hearing this song and it was like I mentioned earlier, that song gave me the words that I didn't have and I pulled over and I sobbed and sobbed. It was a song by Coldplay called Fix You. And that's what it was. I'm sorry, I can tear it up thinking about it now. It's like, as healthcare workers, we try our best and we know that we know that we can't, we can't say them all or win them all but we want to and there is a level of trust that a parent has with their medical team for their child because we we become one team and it's not a transactional experience we're in this for months if not years we're family Mm. and we do act and move with confidence because there's no other way to act right yeah we must act and move with confidence present yourself in the strongest way possible yeah we must we must give them them. yeah we must give them the strength so even though in all of those circumstances we tried all we could i mean (laughs) from the from the ah gosh i can't go into details but that but we tried all we could and we couldn't fix it 
it, fix it. And the song um by Coldplay, it's the it, y'all forgive me, but it's when you try your best, but you can't succeed. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. just the stuck th- in reverse. Stuck in reverse. Ah, <sighs> that song right there is so so deeply connected to what you're speaking about um because again oh i i don't remember who said it but i believe it was jim Rohn who used somebody's quote that says that you can try to think about some good ideas all day long but it'll never come to you that's why you've got to listen to the artists you've got to listen to the experts because somebody else has the words yeah excuse me but right there you were it sounded like what you were saying and i just want to kind of capture it so that those listening can can or watching can see what you're saying but you for a period not knowing how to express would you say you were numb it wasn't that i was numb it was it was a pain that I had never experienced before. And it was almost like an emotional emotional blockage, right? So I could not understand. Like I said, it's not me. I'm a crybaby, proud yeah. crybaby. I couldn't cry over these beautiful children. I couldn't cry, but I was sad. It was almost like I was too sad and too angry and in pain to cry, mm-hmm. right? And I couldn't figure out that pain part. You know, the, the sadness part, that's obvious. We're experiencing loss, that's mourning. But where, where is this, this unique feeling of pain coming from? Pain and anger and frustration. And that aspect, mm. I gained clarity through that song was because I couldn't fix it. I did, we did everything as a team. I did everything as I can as a clinic, clinician. And I couldn't fix it. That yeah. beautiful child is gone. That parent walked out of the facility empty-handed. I couldn't fix it. And yeah, that that song gave me the words to the feelings and the pain to finally release and to understand what was going on inside of me. Yeah. So uh, here's here's a question that mm-hmm. tying into to your work. Mm-hmm. You know, we've I've always seen on on lots of posts that when a child particularly a child comes through um cancer and is is as well or whatever the medical condition may be uh that there is always something like a, a victory lap a song of a victory lap for them uh is that something that that you guys had or have in, in that space something because of course we want to put thoughts out there that will encourage uplift because if we're in a sunken state in our minds we can't grab onto the opportunity to elevate or to pull through the challenges so are there any songs that you guys would work with um, that would just encourage on the ward uh, for the kids to have that no not that I know of personally, no, yeah. no. Uh, you know what's interesting though? 
What we do have at our facility that I've always loved is we have uh, music therapy for the kids, right? Oh, really? So, mm-hmm, we do. We do. So there are, they're volunteers. They're organized by another department at our facility. And they'll have, I remember one lady, amazing. She's a harpist. And so, you know, there's, there's the big harps, right? And then you have a small harp that's called a zither. Okay. And so she'll go uh, to different kids playing her harp. And if they're able to, she will teach them how to play. And we have her and we have another gentleman that comes in and plays the guitar and another person that comes in on occasion that plays a, a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And to see these kids' faces light up just to be able to play and to hear music. Because yeah. there's nothing like hearing music live. Mm-hmm. There is nothing like hearing music live, right? So having the opportunity for them to express themselves and to create, and even if they're unable to engage in music physically, to experience it, just to see how calm they become yeah, is something that is nothing short of amazing. Right. So that does exist. But no, are there any songs that we play to encourage them no but i'm sure their parents do i'm sure yeah. their parents do but yeah. no nothing that we do in, in particular no I, you know and, and i asked that because i had a, a follow-up question to that um that if that was something you you had and would would the uh, the experience of losing kids sully the view on the song because again the 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 hope is that you're playing and if i could think of a title song right now something that's encouraging and uplifting and all of a sudden every time you you play it it reminds you of somebody that fell in love with the song and all of a sudden they're gone you know like would that but the fact that you guys don't have that specifically i think it's great that the parents have those personal experiences with the uh, with their children if they if they do which i believe most people would yeah. um because music is such a dynamic connector yeah um yes. and and even when you don't understand the language you said something a little earlier that um it can it can still connect because of composition because yeah. of tonality there's so mm-hmm. many things that that can draw us in before we even know what it is that we're listening to. So I love the fact that you have um, that appreciation for music. It's not just what's in front, what's the hot tempo, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's, it's about, you know, what's underneath and how, how those, those, you know, the, the white noise in the background can make a difference to the way the song uh, comes across and, and obviously, so what instrument did you play, by the way? Um, violin. You, violin. Violin. Fantastic. How yeah, long did yeah. you play? And do you still play? Do you have any relationship with the instrument oh world? Oh, my goodness. I wish I still played. I wish I still played. But classic teenage move. Um, I, pay, <clears throat> I play it all the way up to, uh, I think, the 11th, the 11th grade. And then, you know, I got too grown. I wanted to get my nails done. And for those who do not know, in order to play the violin properly, you can't have like long nails. Uh, And I was like, bump that. I want to look cute. (laughs) So that was the end of my musical career. (laughs) Ah, 
Yes, well, at least you had I do miss playing, though. I do miss yeah. playing, though. But you know what, though, Dapo? It's something to be said going about, going back to your point about the power of music. Because that same artist, right, that I referred to earlier, the, the gentleman from Belgium, right? Yeah. From May. I am already, he's coming to, he's coming to DC later on this year. He's on tour. Yeah. And so here's the funny thing. I know a lot of people are like, I know who is this guy, a French artist coming on tour. Yeah. And all of his music is in French. None of his music is in English. Meanwhile, this dude has in the past booked out Madison Square Garden. And I just found out he, that he booked it out again at Madison Square Garden. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah. And I know that sometimes, especially for people who their native tongue is English, it's hard to understand the power of music in a new way. Because when your language is a dominant language, everything else is quote unquote foreign, right? Um, But nothing truly is foreign you don't need to understand a language to appreciate the art yeah, and to appreciate the musicianship and to appreciate the artist. And I always say, when people say, well, why do you listen to music in languages that you don't understand? One, because I love languages. That's true. I do love languages. Yeah. But certain cultures have a way of evoking emotion that other cultures can't. So that means that I love, I love love songs, right? But my favorite love songs are either in Spanish because I love Spanish ballads because they're very, 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 very sentimental, emotional. Yeah. Or if I want to swoon over love, if I really want to swoon over love, I listen to Hindi music because Bollywood, their way of expressing love is very different than the Western way of expressing love. And it's very very colorful and floral and uh i just i swoon when i listen to hindi music i <laughs> swoon oh that how'd you get introduced music. to hindi music i studied hindi i used to speak it i i still can't speak it pretty well i can eavesdrop with the best of them hindi and urdu yeah i did a community service project a couple years back and uh a part of it was learning Hindi and Urdu as a outreach project. And it was I'm wonderful. With it. Yeah. So, so yeah, how many languages do you speak <laughs> slash understand? I dabble on a couple, you know, I dibble, I dibble uh, yeah. dabble. A little couple, you know, a little here and there. Yeah, so, clearly. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So um, and one of the main tools that I used to learn Hindi was naturally film. Yeah. It's the easiest way to do it, right? And the I, cool yeah. thing is, and the cool thing is that with Hindi films, um, the vast majority of them are musicals. Yeah. So not only can I learn the learn the language through watching a literal video to understand context clues of when to use which phrase, but now is embedded in my mind because now I'm singing the song over and over yeah. and over and over again, yeah. paired with Absolutely. imagery. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up I, I grew up uh watching Bollywood. Yeah. Uh, so I Do you I have any favorite actors? Oh gosh, I can't remember any of the names. It's okay. Um but they were on every screen growing up in Nigeria. 
Yeah. No, I was, it was ingrained. I was, I was always like, you know, I was over there doing the dances and in, in, in all this, <laughs> you know, cause you know, you know, it was just, it was hint yeah, Bollywood was life, you know? Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and now their action films are way out there, you know, they, they're doing it. So it's like that you're yeah. right. They, they, oh, they, they do did express, um, did because that's when I watch it primarily, but they do have a strong relationship with romance and the way they express mm -hmm. love. So yes, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing I learned about you, you know, I, I've learned a couple of things about you recently because mm -hmm. yes, we we met each other a couple of months ago, but in the space of creating, uh, we get to see a side of each other because we're in, you know, we're in the trenches together, you know, yes, different trench, are. but same, same, same experiences, right? Uh, you know, we're, you know, we're working with a network of podcasters or, or media professionals mm -hmm. that are creating content. And I get to see you at work. I mean, uh, I, I just learned that you're a swimmer as well. You know, I, oh, like, yeah. I, I, you know, languages, swimmer, well, my daughter's in love with swimming. Um, so really? that's, that, that's, that's something I'm excited to see to show her somebody that looks like her in the water is, a, is another uh, beautiful example of, of, uh, of exampleship. So it's good to see that. Uh, so you're, 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 you're into the music, you're, you're into personal development. How did you get drawn into that space? Like what uh, attracted, because many people can like personal development but you've made it your your mission to enlighten engage and educate people about what what drew you into that space mm, i think the easy answer the easy sound bite is life right <laughs> but the 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 real answer is i on a quest to understand myself and to understand what success is for me I had to learn about me and battle some serious limiting beliefs and I didn't know what any of that was until excuse me oh, excuse me yeah um <laughs> I didn't know what any of that was until I was exposed to an amazing man by the name of Les Brown. Mm. I love, 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 love Les Brown. Maybe Brown's My... baby boy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, I remember uh, when I was a kid, my dad having tapes of Les Brown. Mm. And I look forward to meeting Les Brown. I know I'm going to meet him one day. Yeah. Um, I know I will. Um, because I look forward to thanking him in person because his work helped my dad through a difficult time in his life. Yeah. And the interesting aspect of it was that all Les Brown did was share his personal stories from a lens of triumph and, and victory, right? Yeah. So it goes back to, and it coincides beautifully with your platform because it's the power of storytelling. Yeah. Music is musical storytelling. Absolutely. But the hub of all of this is the power of story. Yeah. 
And so understanding that here was an amazing man who looked just like my dad, had similar struggles, and has pushed through and pushed forward and is thriving was all my dad needed to get through his dark time. What, what, so, uh, what uh, if you don't mind sharing, what, what kind of experience was your dad having? Or... Uh, depression, depression, yeah. yeah, depression. A lot of that had to do with, um, which is another conversation for another day and another project I have in mind. Uh, my dad is a veteran. Yeah. Um, and so he was active during the Vietnam War. Mm. And so, uh, needless to say, there are remnants and experiences that he still deals with to this day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Thank you for sharing that much. Oh, yeah. So, and so, and so uh, Les Brown gave Brown. context to how to overcome through his personal story. And it wasn't even, it wasn't like Les Brown was out here given five-step plans. Yeah. Les Brown, literally, if you go back and look at his early and most popular work, he just stood there and said, hey, I got through a hard time. You can too. It's possible. And that's all he did. He gave hope to people. That's and that's all that my dad needed at the time to yeah. see a black man tell another black man that there is hope and you can get through it. Absolutely. And he did. And so that is a testament of the power of story and sharing your authentic story. So ultimately, ultimately for me, why I've decided to create this platform was because I knew that I knew the power of working through a limiting belief of believing that I could not do anything, believing that my story did not hold value or weight in this grand landscape was a bold-faced lie. Mm. And so I wanted to test, I wanted to test to see what was truly possible because the problem with limiting beliefs is that limiting beliefs are these these barriers that we take great care in maintaining, which is yeah. crazy, right? We take great care in maintaining these barriers. Way, <laughs> way too um, well. Way too well. And some of them we create for ourselves, but a lot of them have been bestowed upon us through personal experiences, family, a whole bunch of different narratives. But a lot of times we take too much care in maintaining these barriers, these limiting beliefs, as opposed to testing testing their validity and so the cool thing about personal development is that it gives you the tools to test the validities of these limiting beliefs and when you end up finding out is that what i thought i couldn't do is false i can do that what i thought was a narrative a negative storyline about who i am was false yeah. a lot of these things are being projected on you mm -hmm. but it's not you right and once again, I'm not trying to use any fancy words. When you hear the word projected, I want you to think of a projector. Right. That white wall is a wall. Mm -hmm. What you project on it is what you project on it. But when you turn that projector off, it's still a white wall. Right. So those who are listening, you are beautifully and wonderfully you. Regardless of what people choose to project on you, that's their own projection. And so 
Personal development has aided me in understanding myself, seeing my worth, giving me clarity, and giving me a deeper confidence and drive. And now I'm angry. Ain't that Why something? Angry? I'm angry because I see how much time I wasted believing these lies about myself. Isn't that I'm an amazing perspective? Angry. And so my sole purpose is intention is to interrupt the, the negative narratives that people are being bombarded with that sadly they're taking on as truths about themselves and waking them up and saying, no, that's not true. That's a bold faced lie. Please let me help you by saving you time because it, it took me 30 plus years to get here. I don't want that for you. Let's yeah. let's let's wrap this up in about 30 days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's work together for about 30 days, but not 30 years. No, so let that. me let me ask you, your your dad's journey overcoming his obstacles and 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 challenge uh hearing Les Brown, what did that impart in you? on your journey to the better you, yeah? Um, I don't wanna sound repetitive, but to, to test boundaries. And here's, here's to, give, to give you deeper clarity on that, right? I'm sure you've heard of, it's a very popular illustration in, in the personal development state, space about the baby elephant tied to a to a rope, Post. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and for those who aren't familiar, I'll say it real quick. A lot of times, especially they did it to like circus animals, for elephants, they'll tie a baby elephant's leg to a post, and that baby elephant will try to walk, but the moment it gets pulled back, it gets pulled back by that rope, so it stays within the vicinity of as, as far as that rope will keep it. But naturally, the elephant grows into a full-grown elephant, but it's still wearing that baby rope. But that baby rope still holds it into this confines because that elephant has been programmed here to believe that this is all that's what's capable for them because they can't break through this rope. But the truth is, is that we know that that elephant has the ability and the strength to break off that rope and walk away. But it believes that it can't, so it doesn't. Mm. So in life there are stories that we tell ourselves that maybe during that phase in your life was true just like for that baby elephant when it was a baby it did not have the strength to break that rope Mm -hmm. that was true at that time but that's no longer true now that is the key point that i want people to understand And one element that I learned about myself, there were things about myself that at that time were, is that true, Gia? Let me take that back. Hmm. Let me take that back. No, for me, it's different. For me, I always had the strength, intellect, and ability to do great things. However, I was told, not by my parents, my parents are phenomenal. I was told and led to believe that I couldn't. And so therefore I took that as truth. Mm. And it wasn't until later on in my life that I recognized, and here's how I recognize it. Here's the gag, ain't this something? I saw people who, this is gonna sound very mean, very, very mean. I saw people who 
I knew for a fact, Apo, I was smarter than. <laughs> I knew for a fact I was more talented than achieve and do more than me. Mm. And I said, wait a second, wait up. Let's press pause. Let's press pause. How did Sally achieve X? How did Bob achieve Y? When I know good and well that I am smaller than Sally and I'm more talented than Bob. Mm -hmm. What is the common denominator here? Me. They believe they could, so they did. Yeah. So Gia, why don't you believe you can? And so I had to be willing and able to walk down that road to discover the why. And that was because of those limiting beliefs that I held up as true for myself for years. And now I, I, I take fear and those limiting beliefs as wonderful opportunities for growth and challenge for myself to see. Now I come with it with, um, with a mallet, right? Ready to see if I can break it. Right. I want to see if I can break it. And if I can, great. If I am unable to, okay, we'll leave that there for this time. Yeah. Because I also know that I might be in a better space and place 10 years from now to break that barrier. Or is that who I really am? Is that my truth at this point as of 2022? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that that's such a powerful state to be in where you are not trying to prove anything to anybody else but it's the ability to to overcome limiting beliefs i i i am trying to prove something but it's not to anybody else it's to me right i'm constantly proving to myself mm -hmm. because you know my background is medicine so everything needs to be evidence-based right, right. <laughs> everything needs to be evidence-based even my own ability yeah. Even my, so the moment I have an inkling of, I don't think I can do that. Now my brain goes, oh crap. Now I got to do it. Now I got to try. Mm -hmm. Now, now I have to try. And the beauty in reprogram, reprogramming myself in that light is it now has availed me to new and beautiful experiences that I would have never even tried for myself just because I'm willing to, to try to break down this belief, just to try to see if, if this narrative about myself is true. Yeah. How is this, uh, the, uh, the narrative of the self-defined in a sense narrative, uh, been embraced by your family and those in your inner circle? Wow. You know, I would, oh, I have to be honest. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Come with the smoke. There was resistance. There was definitely some resistance. Mm -hmm. And I get it. Was it pleasant at the time? No, but there was definitely some resistance uh because people are comfortable as you are as long as you don't step out of, of a out of a particular box yeah and people are comfortable hmm it's the best way of saying this. Mm, pardon me 
people become uncomfortable when they see you reaching for uncomfortable things. Yeah. And what I mean by that is when they see you reaching for more, you raise a mirror to them because they see themselves in you, especially your family. They yeah. see themselves in you. So yeah. when they see you reaching for more, you raise a mirror to them as to what aren't you doing more. And that's really where the resistance lies. So yeah. it's not that they're angry at you, it's that they're angry at what you are reminding them Exposing of. Exposing them to, yeah. Exposing yeah. of themselves. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's so, you know, you remind me of the a quote. Um, it's, it's long, so I'm not gonna go through the entire, entire thing. I'm just gonna hit one line. By shining light on you, it also shines light on them. And it's uncomfortable when you're on the spotlight, when you're not moving, right? Ooh. You know, and it's difficult. Yeah, ah, it's difficult, you know, because the dog does not bark at a parked car. Ooh, ooh, Dapo. So they're moving, they're barking at the, the moving car. Yeah. And, and when you're moving, it's uncomfortable for, for everybody else. Yeah. You know, there's activity, there's growth, there's progression transformation mm -hmm. so yeah I, I love the fact that you're able to um and i and i asked that question because uh from our conversations in the past you've 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 mentioned um how supportive your family you're at least you, you your my immediate family and, yes yeah yeah your immediate family how, mm -hmm. how uh supportive they've been and um the ones that love us the most often will give us the worst advice and not saying that that's that's their that's intention but that's but, the gospel though that's fact absolutely <laughs> and and they do that to, from their purview of limiting beliefs which you've you've delved into quite a bit here yeah. so i love the fact that you journey through whatever those obstacles may be right and overcome but not only overcome for yourself others can now look up and say oh look auntie look cuz look sis look daughter whomever is mm -hmm. looking at you and say she's shown us that we have that much more we can do that we can be mo yeah. so much more and it happens uh, uh sometimes we have to be the sacrificial lamb right like we yeah. have to we have to go through the pains the sharers for them to be clothed with the wool right mm. uh, so i love the fact that you're able to share all of that now question i have why kaizen how did that become your your brand? Because it is a philosophy that I live by. Yeah. Kaizen means continuous improvement. It's a Japanese philosophy. And it means continuous improvement. And it actually has two meanings, continuous improvement. It also means a change for the better, right? Yeah. And on this journey, I recognize that the milestones that I was experiencing weren't anything that would end up on the evening news, but it was a momentous moment for me. Yeah. And it was a part of my journey of becoming, right? And so that's why Kaizen, that messaging and that philosophy resonates with me because it's more focused on enjoying and focusing and honoring the journey of whatever path that you are on. Mm -hmm. as opposed to waiting to celebrate when you reach your destination. That, that it, it will never work for humans. 
Yeah. Because there is no real destination. I mean, we have an objective. Mm -hmm. I know what I have my, a vision for my life, for my family, things like that. But it's not like you sit here and you go, aha, just like Garmin, you have reached your destination. It doesn't happen like that. Life doesn't yeah. happen like that. Mm -hmm. um, so the same, the same messaging is important for all of us in our everyday lives to make sure that we're honoring ourselves, our journey, and knowing that your path is beautiful and it should be celebrated every step of the way. Yeah. And that, that philosophy, because like I said, I am a very proud nerd. It aligns beautifully with science, yeah. right? Because even how the brain is wired, there is something called the confidence, what is it? The competence, confidence loop right yeah. that if a person wants to become better at something they're naturally going to become better at something if they have confidence in their ability to do it yeah. right so if you play the guitar and you learn to play it and you play it well the first time the likelihood of you picking it up again to play it is high so you pick it up again you play it and now you play it even better because you're practicing more and so that confidence increases the skill set and so you do it more and more and more so going back to the philosophy of kaizen if we are celebrating all of our wins big and small no matter any aspect of the journey that we are on celebration is a good feeling humans are wired to feel good yeah right? We want to feel good. So when we celebrate that moment of launching your first podcast episode, right? Hitting your 10th episode, right? Like all of these things. Yes, brother. I hope you popped a bottle. I hope you blasted <laughs> your music and celebrated as you should. Oh, and absolutely. Dance with, dance with that beautiful wife. Like, yes, celebrate that, right? It only encourages you to do more of that mm -hmm. because now you've associated this accomplishment with a good feeling. Yeah. So it's almost like a drug. You want to get that hit again. So you're going to show up and do it again. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. So on point. Um, I love, I love that you've stayed, stated you, you've given so many gems. Uh, uh, where can we find you? Um, and uh, uh, give us a little bit about your show. All right. I'm being conscious. Where? I'm being conscious of what I call it going for okay <laughs> my show you can find my show on youtube um the kaizen mind podcast it used to be coined as the kaizen investor so you can google kaizen investor will pop up so either way but now you know rebrand the kaizen mind podcast uh, i'll probably end up modifying that too but you can still find me on the internet <laughs> the kaizen mind podcast um my ig handle is the kaizen mind podcast on TikTok, it's Kaizen Minds. Um, on Twitter, it's the Kaizen Mind Podcast. I'm I'm in these streets. Yeah. Google me. Yeah. <laughs> and most importantly, in streets. Yeah. And I'm also on Apple, Spotify, Audible. Yeah. All these all That's these major right there. Audible. You know? Come on, yeah. come, come on with it. Let's go. We worldwide. <laughs> it's 2022. We are worldwide. Everyone that's, needs a good word of encouragement and positivity. So that's it. I've dedicated my space solely to that. Absolutely. Um, and uh, by the way, Gia has some of the most phenomenal lives. 
Uh, <laughs> so fin- Thank you, Papo. It looks so phenomenal. She jumped on a live with me and I was like a celebrity. My thing was popping. I had people hopping in. I had like a hundred comments. I was like, this My is community. it. I had like follows come through from that. It we was deep. incredible. We and the deep. beauty of it, I just shared a thought and her insights just really not only elevated my thinking, but also exposed other other people to our conversation, you know? So while we were having this one-on-one conversation, there were other people peering in, learning from what we were talking about. So that's the beauty of what the world is now. We're not limited to the uh, the Cosbys or BET, you know? There's a whole spectrum that we get to know of what blackness is, what being human is, is, right? Because we're not limited to just the uh the the one box that we're we're we've been put into um and the beauty of it all i forgot to tell you the the stromate that belgian artist he's rwandan oh yeah he's a yeah he's yeah he's half he's half belgian his mom is white and his dad's rwandan yeah Yeah. so that is also the natural infusion of the music belgian rwanda music it's I have to sell you, uh, send you his album. It's a vibe. Oh, You're gonna please, love it. Please, please. I, I'm, I'm already like, how can I make this some music and nostalgia field trip for me, huh? <laughs> we <laughs> you know, that's the about- beauty of us creating <laughs> our media company. You see right? my eyes light up? Like, yeah. yes, we need to do that. <laughs> yes, indeed. We need to, we need to go ahead and, uh, uh, and that's the beauty of have having our own media companies now. Yeah. We get to explore the spaces that seem foreign um prior to us being involved but now we get to make a difference in those spaces because our voices matter so for those of you listening and for those of you uh watching just know that your voice matters no matter how small you think it is no matter how insignificant you think the message is it is a mountain and and it can be a world changer for even just one person it's but all that's all it takes to change the world just that one person and that let it be you first mm-hmm. you know you'd be the first one to experience that change because you can't teach what you don't know to go out there and make a difference i, I do want to touch on this song because this really speaks to me and the moment you said it the fact that i knew the first line i have a challenge with um knowing lyrics and lines and artists even though I love music, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I can hear a song and jack up who sang it. But when you talked about fix me, I just immediately was like, Oh, I know fix that. You. One. Yeah. And I'll say this when you try your best, but you don't succeed when you get what you want, but not, not what, what you, you need, need. Mm-hmm. when you feel so tired, but you can't sleep. Mm-hmm. You're stuck in reverse. In reverse. Yeah. That's a whole episode in itself right there. But yeah. I wanted to leave those words here so that folks at least knew what fix me. Uh, fix the you. Lyrics. Yeah, fix you. The lyrics <laughs> are. And so that we can uh, we can delve into it. And I, I, I just I love Coldplay, by the way. So that that's just another. Uh, that's have another. you ever seen them in person? Have you ever been to a concert? I have not. You have must. Not. Oh my gosh! During the the beginnings oh. of the pandemic, and and they did some live performances. I was like, why am I not here experiencing this in real life? <laughs> so yes, um, that's another. Um, I. Uh, it's a beautiful experience. I bet. 
I bet I've seen I've seen their stuff on YouTube and it looks phenomenal. Yeah. So I must put that on my on my musical wish list before you must because they don't they don't tour that often anymore. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, and it's and it's a it's a bit of a task to get them all together because they're in different parts of the world now. So yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But Gia, I so appreciate you jumping on the show with me today. I appreciate you lending your voice and letting my audience just know how powerful uh, our worlds, how powerfully our worlds connect, though we're in different phases, different areas and different different backgrounds, right? And here it is. I feel like we've connected on so many levels just in this bit of a conversation we've had. So Gia, I appreciate your time. Any last words to encourage the audience before you dip out? No, just do you. Just do you. Just do you. And keep and continue listening to the Music and Nostalgia podcast. Hey, no better plug than that. You guys go catch the Kaizen Mind podcast and make sure, make sure you subscribe. Appreciate your all's time. Appreciate the opportunity to share another wonderful episode with you. Uh, Come on back next week. We'll be here doing the same thing again, giving some beautiful stories. Peace, no matter what you're going through, no matter the challenges, remember the joy is always in the journey. Good night.